With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm going to leave you guys with two words. Foxborough forever. Foxborough forever. That's never even been uttered before. That's not like it. Do your job. I did my job. I mean, something like that. Let's spit it like a little positive here, okay, Doctor? We will. We will. All right. But, but I'm not. It's not Doctor Doom. He talks about how he was going to play till the wheels came off, and the wheels finally came off, and it's this emotional moment. And I'm leaving you with two words: frosted flakes. <laughs> Hey, I heard from plenty of people who appreciated the fact that I didn't just applaud that that moment that was just bizarre. Are we not allowed to say that? I, I don't like this. Well, we, we just have to we have to give and Pete's Pete's egging me on. But but what, why why are we required to just give complete and total deference to the guy who retired if there's something goofy about the way he retired? Why are we not allowed to say there's something goofy about the walk-off moment of Foxborough Forever. That's not Dr. Doom. That's serving the audience. That's not being a lemming, Chris. That's how I view it. Okay, I I, I get it. Well, I guess what I, I you know what I was saying at the time was like, let's just like talk about some of the positives of the guy first. We did. Okay? We did. I don't know if we did. I think we went right into that. I think we went right into that. And then maybe that was down- how the sound ended. Uh, but but he d- he's the one that chose to end with Foxborough Forever. If he had chosen something that would have been conducive to more positivity, then that's where we would have started. He scripted it, he delivered it, and he published it. We're just reacting to it. I know. I, it, it is awkward. I mean, the, the weirdest thing about it is just that I've never heard the, the phrase before, yeah. ever. It just came out of maybe, nowhere. Maybe, maybe he's going to sell a new line of Foxborough Forever clothing. <laughs> maybe we should check the, the patent and copyright office trademark registrations. Julian Edelman, Foxborough Forever. Just registered, and off we go. Go to julianedelman.com to get your uh, T-shirts, hoodies, headbands, socks, anything and everything with Foxborough Forever written on it. I don't know. Foxborough Forever and, until Fox the Borough other forever. part of your uh, your rant there was Foxborough Forever until he goes to Tampa, which was the other door you've opened up later in that conversation, which was great. I'm still not ready to close that door, although I've been advised by people who are in the know oh. that the door is closed. Yeah. It's still fun. Okay. It's still fun. Right. To get, I'll defer to Gronk just because it supports my view. Hey, how long did we go with when's Gronk coming yeah, back? I when's get Gronk you. coming know, back? When's Gronk coming back? Right. And then when we finally said, oh, the guy's not coming back, what did he do? Yes, he came back. Came back. Right. <laughs> but, but, but what you're telling me is you have been led to believe that the the injury or the issues with Julian Edelman though you you've been le- led to believe at least that they are they're pretty damn serious and it's something that he's really managing right I mean that's that's what you've heard there I think I finally spoke to the same person you spoke to on the topic I think that's what may have happened gotcha okay I, th- I think that's what go. may have occurred gotcha. in the past twenty four hours all right yep. all right that happens sometimes uh, R- Robert Woods Rams receiver is joining us later this hour. The active offseason for a team that made it to the final eight last year, new quarterback, uh, some players left, uh, draft coming. I'm always curious about what a veteran player yeah. 
is doing as the draft approaches. Because I don't care who you are, Chris. The last thing you want to see is a draft pick used on the position that you play. Last year when the Packers used no draft picks on receivers, you got to have some happy receivers in Green Bay. Flip side, when you package the one and the four to go up and get a quarterback, you got a salty starting quarterback. Yeah, right. So that's coming. And in 32 cities, it's going to play out. Remember when the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson with the last pick in round one, and they had some sort of a draft party the next day, and Joe Flacco was the, he was the, Poor guy. the main attraction. Right. Right? You're going to have that somewhere, somehow this year. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's, I, I shouldn't say it's amusing, but the circumstances that these teams kind of clumsily create, that is amusing. Yeah, no, it, it is. You're right. I mean, sometimes, yes, the guy that's being replaced is heading up the draft party and watching the draft with the fans to realize, like, oh, hey, uh, they're drafting the guy to replace me. Whoa, yay, everybody. Whoa, great pick by the team. Definitely been some awkward situations like that, you know, through the the history of the league, no doubt. And Robert Woods, like, man, there's a lot I want to talk to him about. I mean, I, I'm excited. The Rams are a team, I think. You know, first, he's going to be great to kind of talk about a little bit with the J.C. Treader NFLPA stuff. He's It's a great cause about what he's doing, right? He's doing about something about the environment and climate, which you know I'm all behind all of that. So, Oh, uh, here comes Captain Planet. You know oh, it, God. Captain he's Planet. Take Let's over. go, baby. He's going to take over the interview. That's right. That's right. So I'm excited to talk to Robert Woods, let alone I know he's a good guy and a hell of a football player too. Hang on a second. Yeah. I, I, I got to call a timeout here. I got to exercise baby. one of my – we got three timeouts each half of the show. We're now into the second half of the show. I got three fresh timeouts. Pete sent us an image. Is this real? JulianEdelman.com? Fox, Foxborough Forever T-shirt. There really is. Well, why would you send it to me, Pete? I guess we're going to see something official later. They're actually – we were right. My cynicism was right. It was a marketing ploy. It's like – Ralphie getting the secret decoder pin and and finds out it's an ad for Ovaltine, a crummy commercial. Fun of a I won't Foxborough forever, baby. Foxborough forever. Bye, bye, bye. Foxborough forever. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. He may end up in Foxborough forever. There's been some speculation that maybe Bill Belichick, mad scientist, going to move around the draft board, even though the team hasn't taken a quarterback in round one since Drew Bledsoe nearly 30 years ago. Pro day two yesterday for Justin Fields, Chris, and we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Jets, 49ers, Falcons, Panthers, Broncos, Patriots. Patriots reportedly attended. Josh McDaniels was there. I saw it. Can't hide it, even with the mask up over the nose. I can tell that's Josh McDaniels. So he was there. And uh, I don't know if you saw any of the throws. Um, I saw one throw that looked a lot like the throw that had everyone impressed the last time around. Yeah. Rolling to the left and throwing down that direction. Not the Zach Wilson flick of the wrist the other way when you're running full speed to the left, but still impressive by Justin Fields. Your impression on him after now two pro day workouts. Well, I mean, again, there's not a lot to dislike about this guy or a human or the specimen or anything like that. I mean, there's not. I mean, in these kind of environments, too, he's going to thrive. Hey, he's big. He's strong. You know, he looks like an Adonis. And he's got great feet and, of course, can really run. Got to mask up, Kyle. Yeah, mask up, Kyle. Uh, Yeah, come on, Kyle. What the hell are you doing? And then, you know, uh, he's got a a million dollar personality, too, as far as anybody you talk to. A big smile, got charisma, all that. So I didn't expect to come away from that workout to going, oh, wow, there's issues there. I will still say I have concerns about the motion, the way he throws the football. I do. Even in the workout yesterday, I saw a number of the throws, a number of them. You know, and again, Mike, you've heard me talk about this a little bit. My biggest issue with it, and I don't know if it's going to be fixable with him. And, of course, it leads to moments of, you know, moments in games and and long stretches of just like where you go, wait, what the hell was that? How how did he throw the last ten throws so awesome and now these five or six throws are this bad? How the hell does that happen? And that's what concerns me about Fields. You know, that, that is. And, and again, if anybody out there sees the clips of the throwing or anything like that, the one thing he does always, Mike, is it's, it's the elbow, this back elbow. There's a hitch in his giddy up there. And he tries to create 
fake force with that, which leads to a slower release and him not just letting it rip out there. That That's, to me, the biggest complaint about those type of workouts with Justin Fields as compared to Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, even Trey Lance or Mac Jones. You know, they played their workouts like they were playing in a game. Like, let me get back fist. Oh, let me throw it really quick, and let me let it rip because I got all the confidence in the world that I know where the ball is going to end up. When I watch Justin Fields, I see a little bit like, all right, all right, wait, do this, do this, and okay, throw, okay, it was complete, good. And that's my only negative, and I don't mean to be negative about the guy, but that's just my real assessment of him as a player and thrower. And as you were explaining that, yeah, I, I had a little bit of a flashback to some of the concerns about Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not trying to compare, contrast the two, but remember four years ago, right? there was just kind of this weird, vague – footwork, decision-making, yeah. bad throws, concerns. And, and there really was not going into the 2017 draft. One of the reasons, because the Chiefs kept their mouths shut. Yep. The Saints kept their mouths right. shut. Other teams that knew what Mahomes was going to be they kept, kept their mouths shut. Right. completely shut. Right. But there was just kind of this vague sense, well, yeah, he can be pretty good, but, but there's just some stuff about his game that, eh, I, you know, does it really translate? And – I felt some of that as you were describing Fields. Uh, yeah. I, 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 and, and, you know, part of it really is the quality of the coaching the guys get at the college level. The coaching Definitely. may be keeping them from being as good as they can be and will be at the next level. There, there's no doubt. There's no doubt there's some of that. And listen, I'll sit there and tell you, like, yeah, I, I don't always think Ohio State's offense does him justice. He's put in some situations and has some reads on plays where I just want to go. I, I don't understand this. I've known offense and football my whole life. I don't really get what he's reading or what this offense is trying to deliver or how it's helping the quarterback. There is a lot of that. I think you got to be true to that. Like, hey, Fields and Lance, to me, it's two of the more tougher evaluations ever. They Because, I, listen, I, yeah, you're right. With Justin Fields, you know, there, there's, there's a superstar element. There is. There's no doubt about it. With, with as powerful as his arm is and as great an athlete and body he has and all that, you go, he could be legit, unbelievable football player. Watch out. He'll be a great quarterback. But I also think there's an incredibly, like a low floor, a bust factor there too because of some of the issues we talked about. That's where it's really tough. It really is. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. And like I'll be the first one to sit here. If he gets drafted somewhere and becomes a superstar, I'll go, damn, I was wrong. You know, the things that I thought were problems, they weren't, or he fixed them, or whatever. Uh, there is some high-end talent to certainly like, Mike. It's just some of that low-end stuff that scares me to death. By the way, one of the benefits of never really cleaning up my area is I still have, sitting here, my 2017 Nolan Naraki draft preview. Oh Listen God. to the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes' weaknesses. Right. And this doesn't come out anymore. I don't know whatever happened to Nolan Naraki, but weaknesses. Well, maybe it's this Erratic. evaluation. <laughs> well, well, here we go. But, I mean, strength. There's a lot of good in the strength. Right, here right. are the weaknesses. Erratic decision maker with double-digit interception totals the last two seasons. Operates heavily in a simplistic shotgun spread offense that calls for one-look reads to many stationary targets. Overly reliant on his extreme arm talent and gets careless with his mechanics and unorthodox delivery. Too often throwing off his back foot from odd angles and even attempting left-handed passes on the move. All of this stuff that became that the, the strongest part of his game. Right. His weaknesses in college have made him one of the great quarterbacks of all time. So well, you never know. No, you, you never, never know. know. It's not the, a knock on Nolan Naraki. No, I get you. You never know how that weakness may be parlayed into one of the most fascinating and compelling things we've seen in years on a football field. Well, that's like the context of the situation and some of that stuff. That's where it does become important, at least in my eyes, as far as evaluating the quarterback. You know, it, even with Josh Allen, you'd probably see some of those type of stuff. But also, with the context of like all those negatives you talked about, right, Mike, I would go, well, first off, double-digit interceptions. They throw the ball 65 or 70 times a game. So you're going to throw double-digit interceptions when you play in that type of offense. Yeah, they weren't the most talented team in the world. And like a guy with Mahomes, they gave him the green light because they knew like some of those games, just like Josh Allen up in Wyoming, they were like, you're going to have to make magic and pull seven rabbits out of your butt and probably three shamrocks on top of that for us to win the game. So go ahead. There's no leash on you. 
you know, if you throw it off your back foot and it's a tight window, so what? We'll deal with it. You know, so you have to take into account, too, what they're being coached at times, too, to evaluate that type of stuff. And, you know, I think sometimes that's where people can miss on guys like Mahomes or Allen because of that aspect of what they're being asked to do. It doesn't necessarily always do them justice as far as the NFL evaluators and translating to the NFL because they're a little wild and crazy. But as we saw, both guys reined it in appropriately throughout their careers. Mahomes much faster. And, and the reality is as the game becomes more and more data-driven, yeah, right. you would think at some point someone would come up with an equation, a formula, an algorithm for spotting the guys that are destined to become perennial pro bowlers, if not Hall of Famers, and they all get taken the first 10 or 15 picks in the draft. We're still not there because fundamentally the coaching is going to be different the quality of the teammate is going to be different, maybe better, maybe worse, maybe same. The quality of the opposition is going to be better. And right. the projection, even for the people, Chris, who do this all the time, the projection is virtually impossible because we don't know how that guy's going to respond when he takes a step to the next level. And we That's know right. from experience there's a ceiling over everyone somewhere between what they did in college and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the only way to find out where that ceiling is is to let these guys try to stand up and see where they finally bump their head. Yeah, that, that that's right. I mean, that's 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 all you can do as an evaluator, as a as a, a coach, to you know take the things into account to what you said. Okay, wait, we drafted, we like the player. Here's the strengths we see as the player here, you know, through training camp, OTAs. We see the strengths, we see the weaknesses of the player. Okay, let's work on the weaknesses, but. You know, let's make sure we design plays and call plays that are more towards his strengths as we work on these weaknesses. You know, that those are things that, yeah, it's on the coach to develop that, get those bad habits out, do those type of things. And that is the great thing about Justin Fields. With all the things that I question about his throwing that I have concerns about, you know, his, his great athletic ability in his body will buy him time to be able to fix that, even if he gets thrown into the fire right away. It will, because they'll be able to get away with moving the ball with some of his his movement stuff and doing stuff like that. And there and then that will also lead to some easier defenses, which will not make him have to maybe throw real complex route patterns and offensive plays that way. Again, that makes it easier for him to work on some of the mechanical issues. And then you hope, okay, you know, after a year, wait, now this guy, we think he's got it. Right, Fields, he's fixed some of these throwing issues. Let's start to open up the playbook and do that and, and expand on the passing game from in the pocket and all that. That's what, that's what you're hoping with, with Justin Fields. And, uh, you know, there's certainly that possibility there. But, you know, like I said, it just scares me a little bit. And I don't know whether it's just people trying to drive interest and build mystery for that third overall pick. And I'm kind of caught up in it. We're two weeks away. Nobody really knows what the 49ers are going to do. How much of it is, hey, we kind of like this. We're trolling a little bit. How much of it is they moved up there and they still don't know whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Do you think there's a reasonable shot that your guy Kyle Shanahan, who we saw talking to Justin Fields yesterday, personally attending that pro day after personally attending Mac Jones and will personally attend Trey Lance pro day too, do you really think they don't know what they're going to do? Mm, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think they – have a really good idea of what they're going to do, right? You know, again, you know my thought. You know, knowing my friend John Lynch, those guys, right? I would think that, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, hey, it's they're 90%, 95% sold on one guy, but they're going to make sure they see it all and feel really comfortable about that one guy, you know, and comparing them to each other and do all their homework that way. I, you know, it's it's a huge pick. It's the number three pick in the draft, and it's a defining pick for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. He made a really bold move by going up from 12 to 3. You know, the pressure's on him here. You know, people are going to look at this pick for a long time and go, wait, who did he draft and what happened here with this situation? And you're already seeing, like, you know, people are, are, are ready to jump on the Mac Jones thing. I mean, Mac Jones doesn't work. Whoa, Shanahan's going to take a lot of crap. There's no doubt about that. You know, so that's going to be a bold move if he decides to go that direction. You know, the, the public safe pick 
is definitely Fields or Lance. You know, the normal fan, the casual fan, seems to certainly be able to get their their uh, their head around that way greater than Mac Jones. And that sometimes I think it's just because of the the way the guys look topically. You know, that that affects that. You know, while listening intently to you, I have been trying desperately to find your 2003 scouting report so I could read off your week. Oh, I wish you. I wish. Did you find it? I can't find him. You you have managed to scrub Google of any and all weaknesses of Chris Sims coming out in the top. (laughs) I found a few random articles. Right. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing that uh, that would that would let me read off all the things that the scouts were worried about. Right. Do you remember? And and were you motivated by that stuff? Uh, I mean, to a degree, you know, listen, I knew the areas I needed to work on in my in my game or anything like that. The one thing that I think, you know, I was motivated by or the, the stigma around me was I couldn't win the big game. You know, I couldn't win the big game. We couldn't beat Oklahoma, you know, when we were one and they were two and we were three and they were two. I lost those games. And then I had the interceptions in the first half of the Big 12 championship game against Colorado that I was the reason we lost that game. So, you know, I got that label on, like, can't perform in the clutch and do that. That Yeah, it pissed me off because I, I was, like, the opposite guy of that my whole life growing up. But now I was considered the guy that was – wilting under pressure so that bothered me it really did I certainly heard that and I was very eager to kind of prove that wrong once I got to the NFL I have found an article from ESPN.com January 13 2003 Sims tries to rewrite his scouting report it's easy to find it's easy to find on Google do you remember this article, and do you remember who wrote the article? Not at all. No, I mean, I, I'm going to say that that like like that's got to be right before my senior bowl, something like that. There that year. Yeah, and it was talking about how a scout tells a story of going to the University of Texas to study tape on you and others, and the scout sees nothing's changed. Same simple scheme, same vertical route, same fallout for Chris Sims. Cursed with the fallout as a big game failure. And it's, it's a positive article. It's pumping right. you up. Written by Adrian Wojnarowski. Wow. Wow. Isn't that wild? That is wild. But, you know, hey, that's part of evaluating a quarterback. That, that is, you know, again, yeah, the scheme itself, things like that. You know, yeah, I, I knew at my senior year in college that, like, our offense wasn't real expansive and that we were pretty simple. I mean – my junior year, I walked off the field with Bob Stoops after we lost to Oklahoma, and he told me to keep my head up and that your offense isn't very good, and we know everything about your offense. You know, he basically like tried to like cheer me up that way. But hey, that's part of evaluating and doing that stuff. But like in all seriousness, I got to Tampa Bay, and one of the first like sessions Gruden had with me with putting in plays. We had this play. It was called Two Jet Bullseye. And I went, oh, he kept, he kept hearing me like him and Haw. And he's going, what? What about what's, what, what about this play? And I was like, man, I was like, if we had this play, I, we would have won the national championship. I probably won the Heisman. We had no answer for Tampa 2. That was our issue. Oklahoma played Tampa 2 against us, and we couldn't beat it. Uh, and that led to you know me looking like an idiot out in the field. All right, on that note, we'll take a break. When we return, a guy who is not an idiot, an accomplished receiver, first with the Bills, now with the Rams. Robert Woods will join us. And by the way, there it is. You Fox can Burrow buy forever, baby. Foxborough forever, $29.99, JulianEdelman.com. We were right. Our instincts were right for a change. Robert Woods joins us next year. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Takes the snap. Fakes the handoff. Goff looking to pass. Throws left side. Woods wide open. Makes the catch of the five. Strolls to the end zone. Touchdown, L.A. Robert Woods chucks the ball up into the empty seats here at Lumen Field as the Rams have taken a 16-point lead with 4.46 to go, and that may be the play that seals it for L.A. I would assume they don't fine you for throwing the ball into empty stands. Right? I know there's a fine That's... for throwing it in when fans are there. Yeah. I, we could ask Robert Woods that once we get, once we get a, a minor technical issue resolved and we'll we'll have him very soon i bet that he reacts like you do when there are technical issues very calm very reasonable no yelling no screaming no f-bombs i bet he's just like you yeah you're a funny guy you really are yeah uh yeah i don't think so he's i we already saw him a little bit he's way calmer and cooler than i am there's no doubt like listen i don't know what it is I got a pet peeve with technology that way. I do. I don't know. It just it frustrates the hell out of me. And when stuff goes wrong, uh, I, I really want to break it most of the time. I want to abuse some of this stuff. I can't stand it. See, it's amazing. It rarely goes wrong for me. And as I say that, we're probably going to have some sort of a power surge and my camera is going to be down for the rest of the program and you're going to have to take over. But for the most part, I've been doing this in this house seven years in West Virginia, yes. kind of on the so, edge yeah. of the middle of nowhere. And you 99.9% of the time, everything's fine. Yeah, I think we hear, I hear them. I there hear somebody. There we go. The technology go. has been fixed. Robert Woods joining us now, Rams receiver. Robert, got to ask you, we played the highlight of the touchdown you scored in the playoffs against the Seahawks, and you threw the ball into the stands. Surely you don't get fined for throwing the ball into stands when no one's there. No, definitely not. And I was actually reaching for uh... – Seattle's family section. I was aiming for them, sending them home with a souvenir gift. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to reach them there. Did you get it there? Like, just you know, how far, how close did you get it? Uh, not not close enough, Chris. I needed I needed your arm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Speaking of arms, big news this off season. Obviously, the trade that brings Matthew Stafford to the Rams. Where were you when you found out, and what was your reaction? Yeah, I was at home, uh, saw the news, uh, shocked, um, shocked and excited you know, at the same time. Um, shocked because, you know, what we built with Jared Goff, um, just our history, getting to the Super Bowl, being able to uh, join L.A. and, and, and really um, expand my receiver career with him in this offense. And then um, just just how kind of just set, I felt sudden, you know, sudden, sudden how uh, quick he left us. But then um, being excited right away to uh, add a guy like Matthew Stafford, seeing what he's um, done in Detroit, um, spreading the ball all around, um, high caliber guy, finds ways to throw the ball where it's over the top, sidearm, and really just a grit and grind kind of guy. I can't wait to see what he brings for our offense. Yeah, I mean, none of us can. I, I, you know, one more thing just about like the Jared Goff thing, Robert, like that. Did you get a sense or have any feel, you know, as a, as a part of the team that the relationship might be going in the wrong way? I mean, I know us in the media with John Wolford and some of that stuff at the end of the, the regular season and playoffs, we thought maybe they were falling out of love as far as McVay and Goff. But did you have any sense of that at all? No, I would say it's, it's always it's, it's, it's tough love in his offense when it's, um, you want to compete, you want to win. Um, you're obviously going to have some confrontation with guys. Uh, so it's, it's all a competitive nature. So no, not really. Everything that we saw was um, guy, two guys competing, wanting to win. Right. Um, at, always at, at all times. So the page turns to a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford. When did you first make contact with him? And has there been any effort to get together and catch some passes from Matthew Stafford? Yeah, literally, I want to say later that night or the next night, I was I was on the phone with Stafford. Uh, 
you got to get in good, uh, especially as receivers in our offense. You got to get to where and get to your quarterback quick. Um, just just bring them aboard. Let them know how excited we're to have them um, in our offense. Uh, going to get with them soon when I get back to L.A. and really just get this ball rolling and want to get our timing down um, first year with them and want to look good and uh, get these numbers right back. Well, like, now I want you to speak. I mean, we know Stafford's got talent. You got talent. Like, what's your head coach going to be like with a guy like Stafford? Like, explain explain some McVay Wednesday morning energy to us anyways. Like, what can he? what's he like? And now what do you think he's going to be like with a guy like Stafford? Yeah, just coming in, I would say Wednesday morning, uh, been away from the team Monday, Tuesday, He's probably not sleeping, drawing up plays. And really, I would say Wednesday morning, whenever we see him, he's fired up, super excited, really just installing all day, uh, many, many plays, exciting plays, trick plays, um, just finding different ways to get guys the ball. And I think with a guy like Stafford, um, being able to move in the pocket and, and make all types of throws, I think he'll be very excited for uh, all of our receivers, our tight ends, um, even the cam makers coming out the backfield. You mentioned Cam Akers, and Sean McVay has been very complimentary of him. He believes he can become the every-down guy. What have you seen from Akers based on his rookie season that would cause you to possibly believe the running game and that presence from the running back is going to be a big part of the offense moving forward? Yeah, I think last year it was just a credit to our coaches and the guys around him, um, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, really kind of easing him into it, coaching him up. Um, and I think by the time the end of the season, it was it was Cam Maker's show, really. Um, and really, at the beginning stages, really talking to Cam and knowing Cam, he has that competitive guy who, who wants to be out there on the field. He's wanting more, wanting to carries. He's like, you know, let me get more. Um, and then what you, what you see it coming to play later in the season, him getting his touches, getting his carries, you see he's a guy who's ready to carry this team in the backfield uh, in our ground game. And um, making guys miss, for sure, super exciting back um, year two. We'll see what he has. I, I got to ask about another, you know, freak, the freak of nature in the NFL, like Aaron Donald, all right? I mean, just to, to like, speak to speak about him, the athletic specimen. Like, can, can he take the wide receivers and some bag drills and cone drills with as quick as his feet are? Yeah, I would say so. You see him in the offseason, that's all he – does really is running back drills and receiver drills. And I think that really gives him the edge because he, he's so much quicker than the guys he go against his hands, his feet. Um, he's able to do some of these moves that skill positions do on these linemen. And it really makes his matchup unfair. Um, even when you do have two guys matched up against him, he has the strength um, to go with it. So it's really a combination of, of speed and power um, that he brings to that position really rare. Robert, uh, Matthew Stafford, not the only new addition on offense. Receiver Deshaun Jackson joins the team. How does that, in your mind, change what you guys were doing last year as a passing attack? I think just uh, his speed, um, the threat of him um, going past us. I want to say he leads all receivers all time with, uh, was it 60-plus catches, 60-yard catches or 50-yard catches. Um, so he's definitely the, the one of the best deep threats the NFL in the game has seen. Um, so to bring him to our offense um, is, is super exciting, super dangerous for us, um, allows things to open up all around the field, uh, underneath, down, down deep. Uh, and then with our screen game that McVay brings, um, just ball carriers, put it in his hands quick, put it in our hands quick, um, get guys out in front and let us run, use our speed. Like I, I, Robert, I, I know you're a professional. You love football. You love working on your craft. You know, we had a conversation. Like, there's this, you know, this new talk with the NFLPA and the off-season workout conversation. You know, Mike just brought up. Yeah, you got a new Stafford. You not got a new Deshaun Jackson. I know you like practicing football and doing that stuff. Like, are you one that's in favor of the no off-season workouts, or do you want to be in the facility getting after it a little bit? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in favor of uh, of guys coming back ready. I think last year you saw, you saw the maturity of guys to being able to come back ready, 
uh, prepared, know the offense, um, come back physically ready as well. And I think uh, in year right in year nine right now, um, experiencing many different off seasons, knowing what it takes to come back ready, knowing how to prepare. I think um, I think this is kind of like where it's, it's going right now, and even bringing the young guys along. Last year we were able to bring um, our rookies out to California, get some throwing sessions with them, teach them uh, different techniques that the coaches may not know um, just by experience in different ways. Um, so last year, I think it was just a little teaser and a taste of what uh, guys can do and get done in the offseason. You saw a lot of guys branch off as well um, and handle some social justice issues. Um, this offseason, our partners with Castrol to clean up our communities. Um, there's many different things and take the guys are taking advantage of this time to uh, come back ready and still have an impact in their, in their local areas. I, I tell you, Robert. That was a seamless transition Professional. to the fact that Castrol has made you available to us today. So go ahead and continue to tell us more about what you're currently doing with Castrol. Yeah, recently just partnered up with Castrol. Uh, we just did a cleanup in Los Angeles, uh, right there in Los Angeles, invited uh, many volunteers to come out um, and partner with us to clean the streets. Um, really just trying to cut back and, and keep our environment uh, sustainable, reduce our impact any ways we can, electricity, um, cleaning up after ourselves, using public transportation, really finding any ways possible to, to help impact our cities. Man, I love it. You know, my nickname's Captain Planet, man. That's, I mean, man, you just you got a new fan in me, all right? I mean, I'm on the Robert Woods squad now for sure. Like, really, like, that's awesome thing to be a part of. Like, seriously, congratulations on that. Um, I gotta, I got to ask you this because – you know, the single digits conversation that's coming up, right? You know, uh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. You were a number you were number two in college, right? Yeah, the deuce like me. I love it. There you go. I know. So I know. so are you gonna make the, like is that like if that happens, are you asking for that number right away? You gonna try to make that change? Yeah, right away, definitely. Just being um number two my whole life. Um always was the deuce, the deuce is loose. Um, so just being able to get the two back playing in L.A., uh, Ward at USC, and all the local fans. Um, it's, it's really rare. You know, got to jump on the opportunity to wear the two uh, in the hometown. Um, it's a must. Yeah. There are always unintended consequences, though, Robert, when rules change. And if and when the NFL does open up single digits to running backs, receivers, tight ends, linebackers, and defensive backs – you're going to have, I don't know how you're going to resolve it. Jalen Ramsey already wants number two. Is this a seniority thing? You've been there longer. How does this, is it a tug of war? Is it, is it arm wrestling? What do you do to figure out who gets number two? I'll just a little sit down and talk with him. We already uh, had a little words, as you can see on social media, discussing it too. I know he's Jalen 2.0, but we might just have, uh, you know, we're number zero, you know, bringing that into play. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be a conversation we got to have. But he knows who, who's who's in it and who's been rocking it. He he didn't even wear number two in college. You did. Like that's what you should be able to say. Like you can't jump on it now. It's too late. He was it's too late. He never wore it. He doesn't know how how to wear it. Right. He was number eight in college. <laughs> there, there's no doubt about. That. So, all right, here, what, here's one thing I'm just, like, for fun, fascinated by is just your offense, the speed sweeps, the fake speed sweeps, all that stuff. Oh, you're doing all this running before the snap sometimes. Do, do you have to tell McVay every now and then, like, hey, I need a break, stop sending me in motion, or does he keep track of that? How does that work? A little bit of, of, of everything. Um, really just, you know, you, off seasons, you got to know. Get prepared. You know, you're working out conditions for these – these fly sweeps and these fake. Um, and then that practice, you're, you know, you're doing them, you're running them. And, uh, you know, he's a perfectionist. He wants to have these plays repeated at times. And it's really, really cool having a young coach because he'll take some of these reps. He'll take these fly sweeps for you. Um, so that's pretty cool to see him run out there and uh, really be me youthful and, and really be a player sometimes with the guys. Yeah. Robert, last one from me. You look at the NFC West, the division the Rams are in, top to bottom, the best division in the NFL. Do you like that, or do you at times say, man, it'd be great to be in the NFC East? 
No, no, we, we love it. We want to go against the best guys. We want to go in there and compete. Obviously, you want to make it to the playoffs, but you don't want the easy route. You want to be able to have some competition, play the guys to where once you get to that caliber, a high caliber play in the playoffs, you experience it. You know how to handle it, and uh, you don't shy for, shy away from it. And um, really, in the NFL, I mean, you you want to go against the best guys. You want to play them twice. So it's really great. We get to see Seattle, get to see San Fran, get to see Arizona, who's loading up with players um, trying to get their get their team in the playoffs. But it's really a loaded uh, conference, um, loaded division. Um, so we got to go through the best if we want to win it. Well, hey, Robert, all the best to you. We appreciate some of your time. Thanks to Castrol as well. Work on that arm so you can get the ball to the Seattle <laughs> family section coming up this year. You may have to throw over some fans this time around, though. Hopefully the fans will be at all stadiums this year. Thanks again for your time, and, and uh, congratulations on your success and best wishes this year. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Robert. Keep up the good fight, man. Love it, man. Thanks, Chris. There he is, Robert Woods, number 17 for now, soon to be number two. We'll be back (laughs) with more PFT Live right after this. Do you have any thoughts about him? Are you an A-Rod fan at all growing up or anything like that? What do you think about what he might bring to the team? A fan? Who is he? The baseball player, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, not, I, ain't, I don't know what it is. Okay. I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know nothing about baseball. Hey, I don't know anything about baseball either, Anthony Edwards, but I know who Alex Rodriguez is. Man, I thought I was the one adult male in the country that knew the absolute least there was to know about America's former pastime. Anthony Edwards, thank you. Thank you. I know a little bit more about baseball than Anthony Edwards because I know who Alex Rodriguez is, future owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey, Anthony, you better figure out who Alex Rodriguez is. I was really surprised by that. I, I, I am too. I mean, just because like you don't like A Rod's like one of those the guys that like you don't need to know a lot about baseball or anything like that. And like if you like money, you like A Rod, right? I mean, come on, nobody ever. He he's the first to get like hundred million dollar contracts and he got two of them so and saw every penny of each one of them I mean that's that's where I would think even like the young guys who might not have been watching baseball as they were younger would know him I remember when he was a very very young shortstop with the Seattle Mariners before he joined the Yankees and he was hitting a lot of home runs and yeah you know kind of changing the the perception right. of that position. And then right when he went to the Yankees, they moved him to third, right? Yeah. They yeah. let Jeter, stay, Jeter short. stay Is that right? right? That's right. They God, let I'm Jeter. depressed that I know that much. Well, it's okay. It's the greatest franchise in the history of sports. You should know about them. The New York Yankees. That's right. <laughs> What's their record right now? Are you following them? Uh, it's not good, but I haven't got into it yet. Um, I, it, it'll take me a few. Once the draft's over, I'll start sitting down and watching some Yanks a little bit. All right, today's draft, players that we would like to be owners of NFL franchises inspired by Anthony Edwards not knowing who Alex Rodriguez is, future owner of the Timberwolves. Question for you, Chris. Robert Woods, our guest from just a few minutes ago, is one of only two receivers with 1,000 or more yards after the catch over the last two seasons. What familiar receiver is the other? More than 1,000 yards after catch over the last two seasons. Over a thousand yards after the catch the last two seasons. That's like okay, so that that's tough there. I don't I'm really stuck here with that one. Um I know familiar receiver. That's where you got me like thinking like I I, st- I don't think that part of it's fair. I I I don't I don't I yeah, that that's that's probably going to send you off in a different direction than where you should be going. Well, I, well it's should- like familiar receiver is like is it the show, a friend of the show or is it like uh a no. guy that was on his team? That's where I'm like not sure. I'm going to go I'm going to say Stefan Diggs. Is it the guy on his team? It's Cooper Cup. Ah. It's all those slants. Slant, pass, slants, and the bootlegs, all that pass stuff. And run. Right. Yeah. Yep. Damn it. All right. All right, uh, I you know I, I was telling Pete earlier in the in the show during a break that the list of players that we would like to have as owners to me in my mind is very similar to the list of players that would make good professional wrestlers. I, I agree. I agree. A lot of overlap. I want a fun owner. I want Gronk to be the owner. 
I want Gronk to be the guy who comes into the locker room before the game. I want Gronk doing the pregame speech. I want Gronk to maybe suit up once in a while. I want Gronk to be throwing around the cigars after the victory because some of them may not contain tobacco. I want Gronk to be the owner. That one's easy for me. I, I, Case closed. I, I, I hear you. I mean, yeah. I mean, the first pick's easy for me, too. I want Aaron Rodgers to be the owner. That's who I want. <laughs> Why? Yeah, because I love Aaron Rodgers. I think, one, he'd have great perspective on, you know, things that should be done with the team. He's smart as hell. We might be able to enjoy a few fingers of tequila every now and then and do stuff like that. You know, he's witty. He might quiz you a little bit every now and then with the Jeopardy questions. I mean, I'm, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't think you can lose with that one right there. He did migrate to tequila specifically after they traded up to get Jordan Love last year. And I guarantee you, if Aaron Rodgers was the owner, they would never draft a quarterback in round one while they still have one of the great quarterbacks of all time ready to go, just needing some help to maybe get back to the Super Bowl. No help gotten with that pick last year. I'll go Patrick Mahomes as my second pick. Patrick Mahomes already has that vibe. And successful quarterbacks because of all the things you have to do it's so much more than being able to throw a football you are a leader you are a guy who becomes the focal point of attention you've got to thrive in that crucible and I think Patrick Mahomes just like Peyton Manning Tom Brady Russell Wilson I'll throw Aaron Rodgers in there Patrick Mahomes is a guy who's already proven to me he's going to be successful at whatever he does. So if if Patrick Mahomes is the owner of the team, team's going to be successful because he's going to bust his ass to make sure that it is. Yeah, I I mean agreed, I, agreed. Yeah, he was he was definitely on my list. Yeah, uh, I mean that's it, it's hard. Quarterbacks are hard not to pick for this exercise to a degree. I'm I'm definitely a little biased towards them because the the next guy I want to go is the guy you just talked about a little bit is is Brady. Yeah, Brady would be my next choice. Definitely. I mean, again, you know, smart, you know, cares about people, cares about the team, going to be able to add things like that, has a great way of, like, being the general and can drive a hard bargain, yet can be like, hey, come in my office and, you know, let's talk about life. I mean, seen it all, been there, done that, knows what players look like, knows how you should run an organization through Belichick. I'll go with Brady as my second pick. Now, the question is, would he hire you to be the equipment manager if he was the owner? <laughs> Probably not. You're going to lead me down that road, huh, on a Thursday, huh? Just going to start me off on a social media war to start my weekend. Here we I, go. I'm just – you, you said something that made me curious. No, he'd probably hire the ball boys he had before. That would be the, the, the right thing to do. Um, you know, I'm inspired by the incorrect answer that you gave to the trivia question. As I'm sitting here – ruminating on the possibility of Stephon Diggs as the owner of a football team. There's just something about Stephon Diggs. There's a charisma that isn't it, 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 during games. It's obvious, but it's more subtle away from the field. I, I just, I'd want to work for him. I, I, I just want to be around him. Yeah. I will get him strombolis at Paisano's every day. Like Costanza with Steinbrenner. I just think he's, he's just, he's, I just he's think cool. He soak up. Right. There's so much natural wisdom that flows through Stefan Diggs, and, and he loves to win and hates to lose. Yeah. And uh, he really hates to lose. So there'd be a high degree of accountability in the building as well. I, I, I like that. I do. I think there's some receivers that you know, are on my list. Certainly that I've thought about here where I've gone like, yeah, they get it. They're cool. You know, they got definitely a different perspective on life in some cases. That's refreshing and interesting. Um, so, okay, I'm not mad at you there, that one, that one at all. I think the last one, all right, I'm going to go to a different one here. I'm going to Ndamukong Sue. That's right. That's, that's my guy. I mean, the guy still gets his advice from Warren Buffett as far as how to handle his money. He's got business acumen. He's going to know how to do things that way. And you want to talk about, like, coaches and players being on their toes and being on their P's and Q's when the owner's walking through the building. Yeah. If the owner's in Dominican Sioux, you're going to be ready. Definitely. Cause I mean, if he yells you and puts you in your place, you're going to be scared to death. Uh, you know, he's got a great way of no nonsense about him. Let's get our work done. That type of attitude. I'll go with Sue as my last one. Just got to be careful when he comes down to the sideline during the game. You know how owners like to do that. You don't want to see that foot, you know, sticking out and, tripping somebody as they run by <laughs> not that not that he would uh, he'd step on you he wouldn't trip you it's a different it's a different 
you know, technique altogether. All right. Uh, that was uh, that was fun. Well done, Pete. Good idea for a change for a Thursday. Way to go, Pete. FT live draft. Friday for Sims. Feels like Friday for me. I let it feel like Friday for me. We're going to wrap up this Thursday edition. Thursday, not Friday, of PFT Live right after this. You got work tomorrow. <laughs> we raised the question earlier, who has the better organization right now? Whoa. Oh, sorry, Dallas Cowboys. That is a blowout. Whoa. Browns 88.5%. Cowboys 11.5%. 2,100 votes in the one-hour poll that we put up earlier. I didn't retweet it. Sorry. We would have had maybe a few more, but I don't think it would have changed. One thing I've learned about these polls, the first few hundred yeah, kind of lock in the trend. Right. They lock in the trend. Yeah. So uh, I, I think there is plenty of reason to feel good about the Browns, and there is plenty of reason to be to be a little bit nervous if you're a Browns fan, waiting for that shoe to drop because you're so used to shoes dropping on you as a Browns fan over the past 20 years. Well, it seems like at the very least, like the Browns are on the same page as an organization. And I think that's probably the exciting thing that that I look at to go that seems or feels different about the Browns, you know, over the last 15 or 20 years. You know, it does seem like Stefanski in the front office and the analytic aspects of the Browns, they all believe in the formula they're following and everything like that, and they've built a really good football team. There's no doubt about that, and they've played the right way. So it's all kind of meshed together uh, the right way for for the Cleveland Browns, and I, I just would be shocked. Not to say, like, slam dunk playoffs, but, like, would be shocked, like, if we're not in the last two months of December and Cleveland's not in the like serious playoff contention conversation, the last two months of December, last two yeah. weeks, last two weeks of I, December, I know <laughs> they, they know, they know who we mean. I think one of the keys is getting everyone on the same page. It's easier said than done. Ownership needs to back off. Trust the people who are hired. Equal accountability for everyone, so there's no benefit to blaming the other side of the building. Football, don't blame analytics. Analytics, don't blame football. GM on board. It all works, and it's working in Cleveland. We're out of time. Chris, enjoy your three-day weekend. Everybody else, I will. we'll see you see tomorrow. Ya. Have a great day. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.